All right, it is time to inject a little bit of joy, hope, Yay! and enthusiasm in your life. One of our favorite segments. We give you the opportunity to be able to look at the news cycle through the lens of a television producer. We have, uh, she's former Fox News yep. producer, Newsmax, Major League Baseball. Um, she's the current producer of The Absolute Truth with Emerald Robinson. And uh, she also speaks fluent sarcasm. So if you lose track a little bit, pedal faster, yeah, keep catch up, up, and you'll definitely learn something yourself. The one, the only, Brianna Marilla. Yay! Good to see you guys again. Great to see you. We missed you last week, but you know, you just killed it with Colton. You guys rocked it. Yeah, you, you had a great fill in, I have to say. Yeah, you two young chickens kind of yep. kept, kept it going. You know, you it did. says here, I read somewhere that being sarcastic on a regular basis can add up to three years to your life. That's true. You're going to live forever. You're going to be like one of those characters in the movie Twilight. You're just going to keep going uh, on and on and on because you do speak it clearly. And there's a you lot. Do. If, if you don't use sarcasm, you go a little bit crazy when you're looking at the news cycles, you're looking uh, at things that are going on out there. And uh, I'm anxious to get to get your behind the scenes look at yeah. some of your your, your tweets. Uh, for those of you watching for the first time, we got to just go through her Twitter feed. She's one of the good guys inside that space. Kind of hold down the fort. Hopefully, maybe Elon makes it a free speech platform again. Our country yep. could use uh, some free speech in mm-hmm. it. But but uh, we, we we go through there and say, hey, here's what she said. But hey, what's kind of the, the, the story behind the story? So let's just That's jump right. into it. So you can follow her on Twitter when you go to B-R-E-A-N-N-A-M-O-R-E-L-L-O. Brianna Morello on Twitter. You can find her there. Definitely follow her. You're going to want to do that because she does. She's always current on the news, but it's always comes from this really cool twist. Uh, she's got a new picture for a profile. She, she she's does. got a little more gangster now. Yeah, and you're wearing Actually, a shirt. I think it's the same shirt. I love so it. We're solid. Yeah, but that's your brand. It's your brand. brand it's right kind of got you like gangsta, gangsta. <laughs> tough. That's, that's the, the tougher that's side tough of, of Brianna. Right. I love it. Okay, you ready to go to your first one? All right. So, um, okay, I have the one Colton that says the CDC is holding a vote tomorrow on adding the COVID vaccines on the childhood immunization schedule. All right, we'll jump to this one okay, first. Okay, let me go to that one then. Boston University has created a COVID strain that has an eighty percent kill rate. Man, Emerald Robinson warned you about this lab several times on at, at Absolute with E. Man, okay, this is crazy. Yeah, yeah. And if you read the article, it's even more insane. We've reached out to comment from a couple of different, you know, people and and uh, senators between senators and and uh, Dr. Fauci as well. Uh, we're looking to figure out what's going on here. You know, Emerald originally reported based on also Lauren Selling, who came on our show and talked about how. Um, Boston University has this really dangerous lab, very similar to one that we saw in Wuhan. And now the Daily Mail reported exclusively that they somehow created a strand that combines two different strands, the original strand of um, COVID with Omicron, and it's actually 80% deadly. They tested on 10 rats and eight of them died. Oh. Um, and, and so this is the kind of testing that's being done here in the United States, which is deeply, deeply concerning. But it's also more concerning as to like, didn't we learn a lesson the first time in Wuhan? And yep. and if we didn't, you know, learn a lesson for, you know, the safety and public health of everyone, um, I, I think it also raises the question as to why do we keep doing this? You know, they keep calling conspiracy theorists and people go down that wormhole and, and say that there was a reason for COVID and that COVID was intentionally released. But you can't help but to go down a wormhole when you see stories like this, that they're continuing to do these same dangerous research experiment experiments. And, and it seems to be careless. I mean, there was a lab leak last time they said, uh, well, not they said, but we, we've, we've, we've kind of figured because China won't obviously comply with an investigation. And now we have this going on on, on our own land. 
God forbid if that does get out, guys, uh, I'm seriously concerned about the repercussions that would have on our country, plus other mm-hmm. countries coming after us and potentially starting a war with us for releasing it. Because it is a bioweapon. Like right. that, that is a weapon. That's not that's not something that should be fooled around mm-hmm. with. So why are we even doing this in the first place? Exactly. And every American's asking themselves. Well, this is a major concern. After after uh, the atomic drops in Japan, I think people sat back with some awe of the deadly potential mm-hmm. of a nuclear weapon. And and proceeded with caution. Now we're we're, we're literally like the the with within the you know a year or two of what the who the who says we lost six and a half million people because of COVID. Now we can argue those numbers and say they were with COVID or because of COVID and all this kind of stuff. But according to the authorities that are also supporting mm-hmm. the same action, they think we lost six and a half million people on the planet because of this. So it's kind of interesting yeah. that they yeah. would be so cavalier in their pursuit of how so to true. how to upgrade their game. Yeah, this is yeah. a this is a major major concern, man. Well, thank mm-hmm. you for pointing that out. We'll also put that in the notes below the article that uh, that Brianna was talking about. All right, so the CDC is holding a vote tomorrow on adding the COVID vaccines to the childhood immunization schedule. This is very concerning. If approved, this would allow for more mandates. I mean, what are they at right now? Like seventy two or seventy three? Now it's going to be seventy three or seventy four vaccines. Vaccines yeah. that are required for children. It's it's the numbers are insane when you think about it. And it's things that really don't um, that don't really matter. I I think I've spoken to a couple of of mothers who just gave recently gave birth within the last year. And as soon as their newborn was was born into the hospital, they were given hepatitis B, which is strange because if if the mother doesn't have it, you you could wait on that. You don't have to give it instantly. Yeah. But also, I don't even know if you have to give it if the mother even has it, because I think at that point it's, it's transferred through blood. But there's just a lot of questions to all these vaccines that they keep piling on the kids. Yep. Um, also, last week on on the Absolute Truth, we had a father on who lost his 16 year old son um, just days, five days after he got the vaccine. He dropped out of a heart attack in a parking lot while he was running around and playing oh, with other children. No. And it's a horrifying story, obviously. And your heart goes out to him, but he's not the only one who this is happening to. And the part that was very concerning about his interview, which is also available on FrankSpeech.com if you'd like to look at it, happened last week. I believe we had it on Friday, uh, the previous Friday from. Uh, gosh, I can't remember the off the top of my head, but the previous Friday. Um, the most concerning part, though, is he was looking for assistance through FEMA for his funeral expenses. Yep. FEMA initially denied him um, because his son did not die from COVID directly. Um, but then after he started doing a tour and speaking openly about his son's death, FEMA, he alleges FEMA came back and offered him uh, financial assistance if he changed the records for his son's death from um, heart inflammation to COVID uh, is what he described to You've us. You've got to be kidding me. And yeah, and he, he tried to record it, but he didn't capture any of the audio for some reason he was telling us. But he said they offered him up to $30,000 to make the transfer into his son's death certificate. So back to the tweet that we just had, wow. we are unaware as to how many children have actually died from this vaccine. Mm-hmm. And if what this father is telling us is true, that means we will never actually be able to grasp the numbers because we don't yeah. know how many kids have negative reactions and adverse reactions to this vaccine. And unfortunately they are actively covering it up if the story is true and it's deeply concerning. And if they're going to mm-hmm. mandate it through the CDC, then I hate to tell you, this is going to continue to happen. That father yeah. also added to his story on our show saying that people who is in contact with parents who also lost their kids to similar circumstances after being vaccinated, uh, they were in contact with him. And then all of a sudden, they just disappeared. And so he believes as well that they were reached out to some federal agency and had some NDA disclosure or paid, got, paid some type of settlement. And that's why they kind of vanished. 
it's deeply concerning. It's worth investigating and looking into. But yeah, it's just many of the cases that we are hearing, unfortunately. So I'm deeply concerned the CDC does approve this. Uh, what kind of long-term effects this will have? No kidding. No well, doubt about it. Well, you know, it's it. like it, it, you're, we're creating two different societies. One's that, okay, we're not going to participate in the school system. Mm-hmm. You know, we're leaving California. Um, you know, because they don't want to follow that vaccine schedule. People are now doing home births because I don't trust the hospital. Yep. You know, we're creating like yeah. almost two whole separate, how are we going to navigate through the things as we move forward? And, um, you know, it, we won't know maybe for decades what the the, the effect are mm-hmm. from these causes. So That's right. Crazy yeah. times. Yeah. You want to read the next one? All right. Whenever I tweet about Ashley Babbitt, the bot Twitter accounts come out. Now, this is no coincidence. It's meant to heighten political tension in this country. That it, is interesting. As you dig into this, can you explain bot accounts yeah. to people and what that is about and how, how prevalent that is in the Twitter platform? Yeah. So the reason why Elon Musk backed out of his purchase of Twitter was because he believed that Twitter had more than, I think they were claiming a 5% bot ratio um, to what their users are actually, like the active users are. So he's saying that the 95% were active, uh, about 5% were bots, which are fake accounts. Uh, usually those are created by um, governments or or people trying to heighten political attentions um, in countries or trying to have some form of an influence um, or, or just maybe possibly faking uh, Twitter followings. We see it all the time. If you look at the New York Times, I think they have like uh, millions and millions of followers. But if you look at their page, they get a couple of hundred likes or interactions with people. So the ratios really don't match up. So if you've ever looked and typed in about defending Ashley Babbitt um, in any way, the shooting, saying that, you know, she didn't deserve to die that way, all of a sudden, super quick within the first hour of that tweet going up, it's nothing but people saying Ashley Babbitt deserved to die, all of these horrific, horrific tweets. And there's a reason for that, I believe. I believe those are not authentic accounts. Most of them have been recently made. Usually, they, a lot of the accounts, if you look at like when they were created, it usually was created right after Ashley was killed. Um, and, and they're meant to kind of increase political tensions in this country. Now, we can't tell if they're foreign actors because they don't, you don't get the IP address for any of these accounts. But um, you really do have to question why would anyone, I mean, just any American have all the time in the world to sit there and search Ashley Babbitt's name constantly and refresh it for updates and constantly go after people who are defending Ashley Babbitt's reputation. It just doesn't make sense unless you have some type of political motivation behind it. And so those are the type of things I want you know, the conservative audience to think about what are the motives behind these things that we're kind of, um, we're seeing on social media and through our media. And that's one of my personal beliefs. And I think Elon Musk also believed that bot accounts were a big deal because that's why he halted the purchase of Twitter. And he tried going through the discovery process to see how accurate it was. And I think Twitter only surveyed about like a thousand users to see how many were bot accounts. And so it, it doesn't seem like it's an authentic like ratio that they gave us, but it's all we have to work with, unfortunately. But just common sense, go home right now and, and go through, you know, New York Post, go through all these liberal journalists and look at their ratio from their followers to their interactions. And you will see that there's a massive difference. If you're not scraping up anywhere from like five to 10% of interactions through a lot of your posts, then the majority of them are probably fake is how I would uh, look at that. And why would Americans say such horrific things about her? You know, it's like, yeah. I don't care how sense. much they didn't believe, but the horrific things. Well, there's just too many other outrages from, you know, uh, Kyle Rittenhouse to right. whatever. There's like a new, there's a new thing the left yep. is enraged about every other day. So yep. I don't think that real humans would really still be caring about mm-hmm. that. They they want to keep you away from some of these kind of topics. And it they, they try to make it seem as if 
Well, that's th- th- look at how many people feel this way. That's right. a, there's a lot, man, a lot of blowback on Twitter. That's mm-hmm. always the big thing of like, oh, this went big this weekend, a lot of viral. You know, Dave Chappelle said this, and there's a big Twitter blowback from the LGBTQ yep. on this thing. And it's like, really? Was there real? Was yeah. there really? Was there really? Yeah. Was there really? Or is it just a few people with their hands on the levers appearing kind of like the, the Wizard of Oz behind the mm-hmm. curtain and making you look at something that's not even actually uh, real? And I think that's the case more than yeah, not. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah. This is. This is like right now. Uh, George Floyd's yeah. family uh, just filed a $250 million lawsuit against Kanye West. Woo. The lawsuit comes after West said Floyd died from a fentanyl overdose. I think he did on Tucker Carlson's show as well as a couple of the places. This is actually great news because Discovery won't be so kind on mm. St. George. This is going to be uh, bringing it back into the, uh, a courtroom in a little different scenario than we've seen this yeah. conversation before. Got to tell us about that. Yeah, well, they were protected in criminal court. Uh, obviously, everyone the, from the jury, everyone was just was just so protective over uh, St. George and, and protecting his image. But what we do know is that in, in his autopsy, it does say that he did have fentanyl in his system. We do know that he had a drug addiction because of previous charges as well. And um, listen, we they, I don't think the family was happy with the first autopsy report, if I recall. So there was a second autopsy that was later done. But fentanyl wasn't a system. And I believe I remember during criminal court, um, during um, during the uh, Derek Chauvin, I believe was his name, the officer who put his knee on his his neck. I do believe that there there were reports that um, one one person who did get on the stand did did say that if. You and I had taken this this level of fentanyl, we would have died from an overdose. Yep. But because George had such a drug addiction that he built up some form of immunity, which is more so of a debate rather than because I'm sure you could you know debate that with other other sure. people, um, which is more so of a debate rather than an actual hardcore 100 factually correct statement. Mm-hmm. Um, so the good news about this is, listen, Kanye West is out there and he's ripping. He's ripping all these BLM activists and all these like, fraudulent people who attach their names and, and, and everything to George Floyd. But George Floyd wasn't a good person. We know this based on his criminal record. Mm-hmm. Right. And we know this because, listen, he was high at the time of this, this whole incident occurred. And, you know, everyone wants to get involved now and say, oh, that shouldn't have happened, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is in a lot of low income communities, there are a lot of individuals who do suffer from drug addiction. And there are very few people who stop, pull over and help these people get help. Mm-hmm. And George was one of those people who was clearly seen to have an addiction problem and, and nobody really, well, as far as we know, we haven't heard of reports of anyone stepping in to help him mm-hmm. get, you know, get help. And so now his family wants to come out there and they want to paint these happy images of him and stand by all these murals and pretend like he was this great individual, but the records show that he wasn't. And right. that's something that you cannot just erase. And so Kanye came out here and said what happened to him and said that he believed that that contributed to his death. And still to this day, there's a lot of argument behind it, but I'm glad he went out there and said it. Discovery will not be kind to the Floyd family because, well, he wasn't a good person. And there's not much more to say on that besides saying he's not a good person. They painted a false image of him because it was an election year. I think they've they've, they've profiteered from this in a pretty great way. And uh, this seems to be, I don't think that they would come after um, somebody that w- did not have Kanye's. It wasn't a billionaire. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, in the same kind of, a, same kind of a way. So um, interesting. Yeah. We'll see, mm-hmm. see how, see where this goes. But I, I think more exposure, more evidence is going to be better. Uh, last one, obviously a lot of climate change protests going on this weekend. Uh, you did this one. This is kind of, you might need a little background story here to explain some of this because uh, the tomato soup on the, the Van Gogh, the, 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 yeah. the left yeah. seems to have uh, a self-ordained high road 
to be able to destroy anything around them in the right of their their virtue signaling and 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 a high high road that they take. Uh, you don't see conservatives out there spray painting Planned Parenthoods right. and 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 going the other direction, but that seems so to be. So here's the gr- the gals that uh, put the tomato soup on the Van Gogh, and then I believe they super glued themselves yeah. to the to the wall or something like that. So <laughs> get, break this down for us. You're you're a little what more you know New York you know uh, background yeah. than us. Well, this is the first thing they do when they come out of their parents' basement into tears because <laughs> I think like the so. first thing they think of, they're like, oh, let me go super glue myself to uh, a van, like the wall of a Van Gogh uh, painting. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I believe as punishment, they should be forced to stay there. Why Why call the fire department and get everyone involved? Who cares? You want to be there. You did this voluntarily. No one forced you to do it. Enjoy the wall, honey. Uh, <laughs> second thing is we have this guy who is like a spray painting an Aston Martin dealership. I mean, look at him. Look at oh, him. my gosh. He, he, Conservatives never look like this. You no, um, so you that's can't even why see his shirt right now. He's but wearing a tank top. He's wearing a tank top. That wouldn't be yeah. appropriate, of course, for of course anyone to is. wear. For anyone. <laughs> no, this is yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, the pattern is just deeply concerning as well. I know. As my tweet said, I'm like super concerned that in order to be a climate protester, you have to be like, you have to like look like an inbred. Like you have to like look like your parents met the family reunion because <laughs> these people are always the strangest looking characters. Yep. Um, does he have a job? Probably not. I would assume. I don't really know. But um, a lot of these people are just so odd looking that you have to just sit there and go, hmm, there's a consistency mm. here. And they yep. don't look like conservatives. So, no. Interesting, I think. That is for sure. And this was so good. Brianna, thank you so much for your insights. Thank you for just always being on top of it and bringing this sarcastic part to to the show, which is I think is so good. Everybody needs a little bit of that. And we just really, really appreciate you. You're you're the exact opposite of the left. I say the the Democratic Party is made up of angry women and weak men. And, uh, you know, you bring out the best in everything around you you and bring joy to even the darkest topics. Man, it feels good to be home. I know it was such a great trip. It just feels like we forgot something. What did we forget? The pillows. The pillows. We forgot them on the bed. Oh no. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. What are you doing, Avery? I'm working on refuting a strike we got on YouTube. Ah, what a bunch of communists. I know. I think we should order some pillows that we left. Smart. I think so. If you go to MyPillow.com forward slash flyover, you're going to get them for, I think they're right now, $19.98. What a great deal. I know, it's incredible. So make sure you get Dad. I think his favorite is the medium. Okay. Yours is the medium as well, right? Yes. And mine is the lace firm. Okay. So, and then while we're in here, can I get some more slippers? (laughs) I guess we could do that. Yes. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.